Be inspired by the best sales professionals, sales leaders, and coaches in the world of B2B sales. From IT services, medical devices, through to coaching and consulting companies, these principles will help you accelerate your sales performance and growth. Using models from the best-selling book, Inspire, Influence, Sell, and award-winning programs from Focus for Growth, you'll have the inside track on the psychology, skills, and systems used by the world's best sales teams. We'll hear from some of the best sales leaders from some of the fastest growing businesses in the world. They don't achieve record-breaking growth by chance. They have a proven sales and leadership approach and a laser focus on growth. You can hear exactly how they do it, one conversation at a time. This is the Inspire Sales Podcast, and I'm your host, Justin Lee. Welcome to the Inspire Sales Podcast. This is episode two. We're going to talk today about some statistics of selling, but we're also going to look at mindset and the part that plays in really starting to hone our sales capability right from the ground up. I talked in the first episode about psychology being the foundation of high performance. And it absolutely is. It's more important in sales roles than in any other role. And really interesting, some fascinating stats about sales. The first one that I still find staggering, according to Caliper Corp, is that 55% of people making a living in professional sales roles today haven't been trained how to sell. And so they don't have the right skills to be successful. 55%. It's just daunting to me. And you know, I spent the first two years of my sales career not being trained in sales. So I've walked this path myself. And I remember the transformation sales training made to my performance, my sense of confidence, and of course, more importantly, to my results. And so if you haven't had the chance to get training yourself, or if you're a sales manager, you haven't had the budget for training, one of my recommendations is just make sure that in the next year's plan, just budget for sales training. Even if you have to self-fund it through additional growth targets to fund the training, it's one of the biggest and best investments you'll ever make in your teams and in your organization. Enough of the lecture on that. Anyway, definitely worth considering. Let's talk about mindset. I talk about this fundamental layer of mindset wasn't until later in my career that I understood why I felt so awkward, potentially embarrassed, and sometimes, you know, underwhelmed and undermined by my own thoughts. And I started to study NLP probably in the early 2000s. And I've been selling at this point for probably six, seven years, and maybe even longer, actually, maybe eight years. And I recognized that very often I would be undermining myself. I'd be having these critical conversations. It would make me anxious. It would make me nervous and apprehensive in certain situations situations. And I never really understood why. And then I discovered NLP and started to figure out some of the challenges that I was creating for myself just through the thought processes and thought habits that I formed over time without even realizing that many of them, almost all of them were unconscious. And the way the brain works, the way the mind works is fascinating. We have this conscious mind, which is the thinking rational mind. And then we have this unconscious mind, like the autopilot mind. It's the larger part of our mind of the way we process information. It really does sit back on autopilot. If you think about that analogy of, you know, a pilot versus an autopilot, you know, the pilot takes the plane off, sets, then charts the course, and then allows the autopilot pretty much to run the flight. And then the pilot tends to kick back in when it comes to landing. 
our mind's very similar. We have this rational, immediate, conscious awareness, and then we have this autopilot that does most of the work for us. And it just happens in the background if we haven't taken the time to think about it, be deliberate about it, and start to reprogram it. There's a great book called The Chimp Paradox. And if you haven't read it, it's definitely worth reading because it, it talks through these principles of how the conscious and unconscious or autopilot part of our mind works. But I'm going to talk today about mindset and thinking about the difference between a growth mindset and a fixed mindset. These two mindsets are really pivotal when it comes to selling. And if you look at the reasons why we would do this, you know, if the evidence is really interesting around people who have developed and cultivated a growth mindset. What it shows for people who have developed their mindset is they tend to have less anxiety, less stress in their life. They appear happier. They feel happier. They get measurably happier. They have higher levels of performance and output. And it even strengthens the immune system because, of course, the mind and the body are connected. And so the mind can create and generate healing and strengthening of our immune system. The evidence for this is quite remarkable. And, of course, that leads to improved resilience. So we feel more resilient if we have a positive positive outlook. Actually, the, our ability to understand events, situations, and transform them will directly influence how well we can be resilient through difficult conversations. And ultimately, there's some really interesting research being done on how it actually lengthens your life. You, people with a positive mindset tend to live longer. So there's lots of reasons why we'd work on our mindset. But in particular for sales, our mindset is so important because as someone representing our business, as someone trying to influence other people, if you can't influence yourself first, you can't influence other people. So we have to manage our energy, manage our mindset first so that we can then be as influential and as positive in front of other people as possible. Because of course, everybody likes to deal with positive, engaging, motivated, passionate people. So we have to manage ourselves first. Now, some of the challenges here are that if you look at the research done by the American Psychological Association, shows that the mind's job is to create thoughts. And 50% of the time, when the mind creates thoughts, they will automatically default to negative. So that's half of the thoughts our mind generates on autopilot are negative. And partly that's a defense mechanism. It's to protect us from fear, from issue, from threats or from danger. But it's a primitive part of the brain that is, that's really no longer needed. 20% of the time, the mind will produce neutral thoughts. So they're not positive, they're not negative. And only 30% of the time, it will default to positive thoughts. Now, this is when we're on autopilot, on default. The evidence also shows that we can change it. We can start to redirect the mind. And this has been my personal experience that earlier on in my career, before I recognized this ability, we all have to start to direct and shape our thoughts, that actually I'd spend at least half of my time catastrophizing about things that never actually happened. You know, there's this phenomenon in psychology called state contagion. And what that means is that whichever in a relationship between us and let's say a customer or our team, or our peers, our state, the emotional state we're in, the predominant state is contagious. So we tend to find that people who are you know, really positive can lift the mood of other people. People who are really negative can drain the mood. And I've heard this term, you'll have heard it, I'm sure, before, this mood hoover, where someone just sucks up any good, any positive, <laughs> good vibe in, in our environment. And what we have to recognize is that that state contagion is a phenomenon that happens because the brain has an open loop system. It's part of how we communicate. It's great for connecting with other people, for managing relationships, building rapport, which we'll talk about in a future episode. 
But it's also, it can be a real trap if we spend time with negative people. So, or if we feel negative ourselves, we really have to start to manage ourselves and recognize that we are contagious. And, and, you know, is the emotional state we're in worth catching? That's a really useful question to ask yourself. Is your emotional state worth catching? Would you want to spend time with you? It's a question I ask myself very often. And so it starts to get us thinking differently about how we manage ourselves and how we take ourselves into different situations with customers. There's five principles I talk about that help us to start to cultivate a growth mindset. The first is to start to recognize when we know that our mind's job is to produce thoughts and it's going to produce them on autopilot and most of the time they become negative, we just start to become aware. Awareness is the first step to change. Step one is start to become aware of your thoughts. Notice the positive, notice the negative, notice the neutral. And then once you're aware of them, the second step is start to direct your focus and your thoughts towards those thoughts you want. So you just start to, in any situation, if you notice you're in negative thought, ask yourself this question, what do I want to think instead? What do I want to think and focus on instead? What result do I want instead? How do I want to feel instead? Really interesting that once you're aware, you can start to redirect your focus and your thoughts. And that changes how we feel about things. And over time, starts to improve our self-confidence. The third step then is to notice we all have this inner voice. It's like a continuous commentary that goes on in our minds. And there are very few people on the planet, a really small number that claim they don't have an inner voice. I can't relate to that because mine's going on almost all the time, even in my sleep. So this inner voice is like this continuous commentary. And what's interesting is that in psychology circles, they refer to the inner voice as the inner critic because it's constantly criticizing and undermining us. And what I've learned over the years is that you can move that critic with training, with the right questions, with the right direction. You can move it from critic to coach. And that's a really important thing that we can do for ourselves and we can do it for other people around us because the more we're able to redirect ourselves, the more we can help and shape the people that we spend time with, whether it be they customers, be our, our teams, our friends, our families. Once you start to manage yourself more effectively, you can manage the interactions with other people more effectively. So this starting with us is so important. When I first learned these in early 2000, these principles, I was also advised to set up a series of positive triggers to start to, to maintain my awareness and attention of the changes I was looking to make. So the triggers used to be things like notes to myself, notes on the fridge, notes in my phone, notes in my wallet, notes. I had post-it notes on the dashboard of my car because I was a field-based sales rep at that stage. I had notes on my computer screen, just small notes that would just prompt me, almost wake me up, bring me out of autopilot, you know, take the autopilot off, bring the conscious pilot back to the surface so that I could redirect myself and make sure that I'm going exactly where I want to go, not where I am going by default on autopilot. And this principle about inner coach, you know, moving from critic to coach is really useful. It's about the quality of the questions that we ask ourselves. You know, what are the questions that you ask yourself on a regular basis? I've been guilty in the past. You know, you make a mistake and you might and hear yourself talking to yourself. How did you mess that up so badly, you idiot? Or, or what's going to go wrong next? Or you just, where you put your focus and attention, that tends to proliferate in your life. And so I've learned over time to reshape the questions I ask. So I'll ask myself questions like, how's this here to help me? What do I need to learn from this situation? How do I use this as an opportunity? What do I need to change to make sure that I'm better next time? And how do I grow from here? 
Now, the kinds of questions that we ask really do shape the way we think, the way we feel. And these small acts can really change the whole trajectory of your life and your career. So I encourage you really to think about this mindset piece. It's so important. And one of the final topics I'll touch on before we close this episode is this principle, again, from positive psychology of visualization, or as they call it, you know, mental rehearsal, positive mental rehearsal. And what that means is that we start to visualize and create a representation in our minds or a movie in our mind about the successful outcome that we want to happen. And if it's a sales interaction, perhaps with a really difficult customer, you might spend some time in advance of an important meeting, just getting yourself calm, visualizing exactly what you want to happen in that meeting, maybe a positive response from the customer, connecting developing strong rapport, seeing the customer positively respond to your questions, to the discussion, noticing positive body language, you explaining and matching the benefits to the customer's need, the customer engaging, leaning in, giving you positive buying signals, some agreement, appreciation and commitment from the customer right the way through to you know next meeting, future plans, shaking hands and really enjoying the interaction and having a positive outcome. Just going through that mental rehearsal in your mind, especially in advance of some of those trickier conversations, trickier meetings, can start to wire your brain for greater success. You start to expect success. And, you know, when you manage yourself and you go into customer situations where you have this expectation that things are going to turn out the best way possible, you project an energy, you project a confidence that the other person picks up on because of this open loop system that we have in the mind. And over time, what you'll find happens is you expect success. The customer expects success. They see that as confidence and you just become more attractive to them as part of that interaction. There is absolutely no downside to managing your mindset, cultivating a growth mindset over time. Because as we start to expect success and start to prime ourselves for success, On the odd occasion where we don't meet our own standards or we don't meet that visual representation we have, then whilst that might be a surprise, what it means is for the most part, actually, we're constantly feeling good about the approach we take and the confidence we have in ourselves just by expecting the right outcome in advance. And so by priming ourselves, managing our mindset, we do ourselves a service, we do the customer a service, and we start to set ourselves up for greater success in the future. And we cover mindset first because we can talk about sales process, we talk about results, performance, but unless we manage ourselves first, feel good about ourselves, build that self-confidence, we're always going to undermine ourselves if we haven't managed ourselves first. I'd love to hear your feedback on this. If you'd like to get in touch with me, please do share. What do you do to manage your mindset? If you're a sales leader, how do you help your team stay positive, stay focused, believe in themselves? There's another activity that I know clients of mine have found really successful and what we call an experiences inventory. So you create a list of all of the reasons why you should be confident, all of your successes, all of your experience, the performance that you've been able to demonstrate in the past, some of the key challenges you've overcome, some of the key customers you've worked with, the the successes, the wins, the goals you've set and achieved, the progress you've made over time. And when you build out that list, especially if you go back, you know, two, five, 10, 15 years, really does start to give you a sense of self-confidence when you just list out all of the reasons why you should be confident, you should have high self-esteem, and you should believe in yourself and your organization. I'd really encourage you, if you've got 
either you've had wobbles in your confidence in the past, and I certainly have, or you've had friends, colleagues, or team members that have had wobbles, share some of the principles from this podcast. Whilst we're talking about sales is our context today, this is so much bigger than our work or our career. This is life-changing. These are life-changing principles. This is a life-changing approach to managing yourself, becoming more confident, developing self-esteem, and really going for what you want for in your life. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode. Next time, we're going to talk about some of the other principles from sales. We'll talk about the customer journey and how we manage that customer journey. Then we'll start to look at the plans and how do we shape simple, really powerful and effective sales plans so that the team engage, we engage in it. It doesn't feel like a laborious task. It's actually something that's going to set us up for greater success in the future. If you'd like to get in touch with me, please do. As always, details are in the show notes. I look forward to seeing you on episode three. I hope you're enjoying it so far. Feel free to share this with people in your network if you'd like to. Take care. See you next time. Genuine thanks for listening to the Inspire Sales Podcast. We hope you enjoy learning some of the most cutting-edge sales techniques and getting close to some of the greatest sales leaders in the world now and in the future. If you'd like to explore further, please feel free to visit our website, focusforgrowth.co.uk. And if you'd like to take our Sales Acceleration Scorecard and discover your sales and influencing score, then check out the show notes for the link in the bio. If you have enjoyed this episode, please hit the subscribe button. If you know people in your sales and leadership network that you think would like to listen to, then please share this episode with them. I'd be very grateful. If you'd like to get in touch with me, please feel free to do so. If you have suggestions for further guests, or if you'd like to appear yourself, please contact me or my team. You can connect with me. I'd love to hear from you. My social profiles are in the show notes, and I look forward to being with you on the next episode. Thanks again for listening. See you soon.